Welcome, everybody, to Self-Evident Podcast. It's Massey and Mike, and this is our 17th podcast. Woo! 17. What? 17, 17 man. Dang. Man. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're killing it right now. We're, what is this, four and a half months now yeah. of doing this. We're four and a half months in, and uh, the response has been awesome, guys. If you're not on the website, go on theselfevidenttruth.com and uh, check it out. You guys can sign up uh, and subscribe on our YouTube page where we post uh, the live videos or the videos, I should say, of the podcast. And also you can get on SoundCloud, which we have a, a deal on there. We got Apple Podcasts, which is really cool. Um, we're a lot of different platforms. We'll soon be on Spotify, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, Anchor will be on yep. there as well. So we're looking into different platforms just to expand uh, what we're doing. But you guys' support has been awesome. I love the comments. We love yeah. people subscribing. We, you know, and it's like people like I get it, you know, where they're like, it's still small. Well, good. You know, yeah, I, I, I don't mind like small. Way. I like letting things grow, man, because then yeah. it's like there's a satisfaction of not buying subscriptions. Yeah. There's a satisfaction of like, no, we put it into this. We prayed for this. We labored for this. God blessed it. You know what I mean? It's I, I've really enjoyed the process yeah. that, that we're going. We're through. growing. We're, we're growing and and we're just doing what we're doing. And it's catching like uh, one of one of the guys that I work with, he, <laughs> he he's been a faithful listener he actually he called me out and he's like dude the the last four things have been about abortion <laughs> he's like my mind's already made up which he's pro-life um but i was like don't worry we got more stuff coming okay because he listens to it every day while he's driving and it's just like oh awesome this this is affecting people that we're connected with which yeah is and cool yeah. and to, to to be frank yeah the last four the last four highlights we did were of abortion for a reason for a reason. It's going to teach you how to argue your position, to reason yeah. your position out of it. Not just talk about Jesus said it's wrong. Jesus said not to hate. It's not yeah. that. It's reason, too. You got to learn that, like, hey, we can have an argument against this as well. You know what I mean? And 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 to do it with reason first and then bring them to the gospel. That's mm -hmm. the point of, of the podcast. It's not just bringing up issues just to beat them down. It's, listen, if the issue, if we understood, okay, let me say it this way. If we were all pro-life, we wouldn't have abortion be a lot easier. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't have 3,700 <laughs> babies dying a day or 3,500 yeah. now. Is it, what is it? You know, and it's declining and that's awesome. But it's like, we need more people to not just listen. We, we got to go out there and tell people, man, yeah. we got to be out there proactive. And I was just talking to some of the leadership today and the young adults that, that we pastor here. And, uh, you know, just saying like, what can we do? We always say we're family. We love each other, but how do we act like a family? <laughs> you know, can you go through the thick and thin with everybody? Can you reach out? Can you, Go outside the four walls. Like, what does that look like? What does it take? You know, and it's the same thing with this podcast or same yeah. thing with the ministry, right? I ha I can't just do it here. I have to be out there proactive, which which I do, you know, yeah. and, and you do. We're proactive. We got to go out there and, and still talk to people and still reach people and uh, go to ple people that won't listen to you. You know what I mean? Go to colleges, which we do, and, yeah. and you know, the school systems and whatnot. So, I mean, I'm, and I'm so glad that they listen. And, and uh, yeah, brother, we got more content coming. You know, there's <laughs> a whole lot more. You should Heck listen yeah. to this last one here on labeling. Uh, label equals discrimination. I don't care what you say because the moment you label something, you discriminate. Yep. You know, you, 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 you automatically label something because you and your mind have labeled that. And uh, people are like, well, don't you do it? Well, sure. I admit that I discriminate. Yeah. There's it's, nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? It, it, discrimination is not a forbidden word. It's it is, not a curse word. It's not. It's, it's something that happens that we do every day. We're just, and, and I was actually talking to him about labels and discrimination today, which we'll, we'll get into the topic in a little bit. But one of the things that he and I were talking about was, uh, oh, man, it just left me. 
That's crazy. Discrimination. Yeah. yeah. Discrimination. Uh, it's not a it's not a taboo subject. It's not a taboo topic. It's not a bad it's word. It's got to happen. Yeah. Well, let me just say this so yeah, you can gather your thought. No, it's fine. You can gather your thought. But like even those who say we shouldn't discriminate, we should accept and tolerate all <laughs> things, discriminate the people who discriminate. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. That's stupid. <laughs> that, they draw you discriminate their... <laughs> against those who discriminate. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why that caught me funny. It must be the coffee, that, but man. That was exactly what I was going to say is they draw their own discriminations. They, they make yeah, their yeah. own categories, their own discriminations. They, they're doing it too. They just have different standards on yeah, and what's you know, acceptable. You, you saying open and tolerant and all these things, it's like, dude, you, you need discrimination isn't bad. You know, like I don't want riffraff in my city. So if there's druggies, I'm going to discriminate against the druggies, right. Mexican, black, white, Whatever, I'm going to do everything I can to either A, change their soul, B, get them arrested. You know what I mean? Because I don't want crime, crime in my city. I want my kids no. to grow up in a good city. That's, in its truest form, discrimination. I'm going after those people. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. I don't want men preying on young, you, you know, uh, young kids, like pedophiles. And all this. I don't want any of that yeah. stuff. Everybody can agree with that, would, you know? Would you discriminate against having convicted child molesters being teachers? You would discriminate, right? Yeah. You'd go, no, there's something about you that I'm not going to allow to happen. So you discriminate. So you discriminate. Yeah, exactly. So we do it every day. You know, and we do. And so the last podcast was on labels. Go check that out. We got some highlights for you. We got Heck one yeah. that we just posted today. We'll be posting a couple more later on. Mm-hmm. Um, today, we're taking a little different turn, but it's not really different because um, what we, we're, we're off Patreon. We're, we're, we're done. And the yep. reason is, is because of what they're doing. Now, I'm going to start with this. I support Patreon and saying we don't want you a part of our show or a part of our platform. I support that. It's your right to do that, right? Yeah. You can do whatever you want. But because of that, I don't support the way that you did it. So we're going to leave just like Jordan Peterson left, just like Sam Harris left, Dave just Rubin. like Dave Rubin left. Yep. And they're going to create their own platform, which I love. We're you know so excited about yeah, that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> you know why, dude? Like, I don't mind listening to people that I disagree with. Yeah. I won't listen to them every day because I don't want to fill my head with that junk. But... I will I will listen to it to either A solidify my argument or B just to see how how to argue against them. You know, like what 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 does it take for me to like write down in my head and like how to understand and study and what do I have to study more? And it also teaches me why are we talking about surface level issues when it's foundational issues that we should be talking about? Yeah. I.e., the Constitution. We talk about free college, free this, free that, and we should do this, and the Republicans are against that, and the, the liberals are for this, and the progressives are this. What does the law say? You don't have the authority to do that. You can't even suggest that because there's no amendment for you to suggest that. You don't have the power or authority to do that, right? So there's all these things that we're not, they're they're underlying issues when it's just foundational stuff. Mm -hmm. We're we're attacking the branches. I think it was Henry David Thoreau that said, for every thousand men that choppeth at the branches, only one goes for the root, right? And it's like, we're always chopping at these branches, right? Like abortion, we talked about it. Yes, I'm going to talk about it, right? But abortion... Is it life? Is it not life? Should we do it? Fun plan, period. God already determined what life is. It's already in the declaration. He gave us life. Well, it's not clearly defined. Yeah, so then what you said in the podcast was, well, then default that it's a life. Don't default yeah. that kill it. Yeah. Default that you don't know, so let's not kill it. Why, 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 is why it take de- a chance? Yeah, why, yeah, why is it defaulted to kill the kid? You know what yeah. I mean? So um, I think a lot of the times we hit uh, uh, not foundational stuff, but we hit surface level yeah. stuff that that's stuff that doesn't even they're 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 causes of the problem yep 
You know what I mean? There's symptoms of the problem, I should say. So um, we, we're talking about so, Patreon. Go ahead and, yeah, and, and so get into that. Let's, let's go back to the beginning. Mm. Um, so for people who don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a subscription service to where creators can create content and then their subscribers donate to them monthly. And it, it's basically a crowd sharing or crowdfunding type platform. So it's the word platform. So what happened was a YouTube content creator named his, his name on YouTube is Sargon of Akkad. His, his real name's Carl Benjamin. Sargon of Akkad. We'll put that up on the yeah. Um, and, and he's great. He's great. He it, and yeah, you may not always agree with him, but the not. guy is smart. He he's smart and well thought out. And it, I've seen people try to take down his arguments, and they they always end up kind of falling short because their their bias shows against him. Um, so this guy was on a podcast that was not his own creation. It was somebody else's podcast. He was it was not Patreon content. It was not YouTube content. It was this own independent podcast. And he in he was being attacked by alt right people. And in being attacked, he was trying to offend them by calling them the racial slur N-word, right? Uh, and, and basically, like, you you think these people are bad. You're being them. You're being what you think they are. And he used the word a couple of times. And Patreon, after being notified that this had happened, banned him. Now, their policy says hate speech on the platform. There's nothing about... If he's on another show. If he's on another show, something that's not Patreon-funded... But Patreon quickly banned him, and so a whole ruckus started, a whole saga, because he's a fairly powerful figure, and a lot of people came up behind him and said, this isn't looking good, because Patreon also banned Milo Yiannopoulos because he had some maybe connections to the Proud Boys, you know, some distant connections, which, again, that's a non-platform thing. Um, James also, he, and I'm not even defending these people. It's, but there seems to be a slant on which way Patreon is. Uh, that's kind of the norm right. in bigger companies. Which you know, is, I think they're, yeah. they're influenced. And we want to, I, I do want to say it's not, you know, people will say, well, by you not supporting, aren't you taking away their free speech? No, I'm not looking to shut them down. I'm just not going to support them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what you do, Yeah. but don't look for me to support it. So I'm not looking to shut you down. And no. I would I would go one step further and say that free speech is something that's guaranteed by the government, or should be, in terms of relation with the government. Now, your money well, here is, it's is, a right is protected is a, by government yes. because it's God given, yes. so it's not guaranteed. It's protected. Protected should be protected by government. However, you don't have to make an economic transaction with somebody if exactly. you don't agree with what they say. That's exactly it. That's that's not ending their free speech. That's really giving your own free speech. It's actually supporting their free speech. Yours. Yeah, it's it's supporting them because you can still do it, dude. Like, yeah. I, I don't care. You know, If you want to be left-leaning or right-leaning or whatever you want to do, however you want to play the game, you know what I mean? You do your thing. I'm just not going to support it. But yeah. by all means, have fun. That's free speech. Yeah. And, and one of the complaints that came out was, Look, if you want to do this Patreon and you want to police what everybody's doing everywhere, okay, but that's got to be part of your policy. And, and I think that's the strongest argument is, look, this uh, wasn't part of your policy. Your policy was just part of the platform. Yeah. 
Yeah. But this has been an effort for a while. Do you remember yeah. the lowest yeah. learner, you know, the IRS, oh, you yeah. know, not giving the 501C, you know, 501C3s to, to kind of conservative yeah. religious Hold nonprofits, if, if I'm years. not mistaken. Yeah. Never really tried. Never. I mean, that's just illegal, dude. That's yeah. flat out. You want to talk about discrimination. You want to get mad when your government officials are doing it and you're not willing to take them to try it. And liberals should be just as mad because if it was a conservative doing it or someone who wasn't left-leaning doing it to liberals, I would be just as offended. Why are you trying to say, listen, if you have to force someone to be silenced, right, Mm -hmm. that means you can't argue against them. That means your reasoning isn't as strong as theirs, so you have to ban them. Yep, That doesn't make sense, right? Like, churches like the Westboro Baptists, let's just go with this example, right? They're, they're, They're terrible how they protest like they can do it like whatever you want to do but i don't agree with them mm-hmm. they're extremists they're straight up extreme uh they're i i don't believe the conduct that they carry is christian because of how they do it right yeah. it's not done out of love it's not loving your neighbors yourself right um and christ was not sent in the, is sent in the world to condemn the world says in john three eighteen, but that the world through him might be saved right that's the point so condemning people does nothing Showing them salvation, acknowledging their sin, showing them salvation is what we're after, right? They can do that, right, all day long. My alternative is don't be like them. Show them the Christ of the Bible, Mm -hmm. right? It's shutting them down doesn't work, right? Me trying to force them is doing exactly what they're doing. How does hate drive out hate? Martin Luther King said that. Yeah. Hate doesn't drive out hate. Only love can do that, right? if you if you think about it in your personal life if somebody wrongs you let's say they they punch you in the face you decide you're going to respond right. you're going to punch them in the face exactly does does that mean they turn around and and say you're right good point i'm sorry <laughs> yeah 9 hey. times out of 10 <laughs> what actually 10 out of 10, 10 i don't out know of 10. i don't know a person who has ever <laughs> been like dog like that going <laughs> Oh, thanks, yeah, man. I, I appreciate totally that. get it now. I you should know? not have hit you. No, it, it, you swing back, and then they swing back, and then you swing back, and then they swing back. It's the same thing with hate. It's the same thing with, with vitriol and anger right. and bitterness. Right. If anger and bitterness does not lead to happiness and joy. Yeah, and, and there, there is, in Proverbs says, a soft answer turneth away wrath, right? Amen. But soft doesn't mean pansy. No. It just means calm and collected, patient. Nope. Thinking it through, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Mm-hmm. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God, the Bible says, right? So we have to be very careful on how we react. So in response, if Patreon is going to do that and ban users or whatever they want to do, right? You're only solidifying the case that you're trying to be against. Yeah. You're only, you're, 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 I'm telling you, man, the more that you cry out against it, you end up doing the things that you're being against. That if, I'm telling you, you're going to get caught in that. Yeah. Eventually, you're just going to get caught in your own trap, and and it's not good. And uh, was it um, in Psalms, King David would say, "Lord, ensnare them with their own snares." You know what I mean? Like, and he did, and they they are. They're, they're eventually it's, it's going to be it's going to be where it's like you've put so many rules and regulations that you yourself can't even speak. Yep. Eventually, if you continue to do the things that you're against, right? So let's say you're against, you know, a certain kind of speech. But you keep putting these regulations on, you end up doing the very thing that you're against. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then eventually you're going to get so ensnared by all the rules and regulations. If government dominates speech, you eventually will be silenced. And that's that's a big argument that's starting to come forward is, look, 
liberals or, or progressives seem to be in, in control of the culture war right now, so to speak, in terms of media, entertainment, all that, right? They, right? they seem to have the loudest voice. The problem is they're they're looking to enforce all of this, especially with a government hand. They seem to forget how upset they were back in the 80s when the moral right was trying to enforce these oppressive rules and regulations on on everybody. Oh, that's good, remember dude. Remember that? Yeah, in the late 80s, I remember I grew up in Sleepy Eye, Minnesota, and we, we, we got it. They were on the news for trying to not... Um, the cable companies were offering MTV, yeah. and the city would not allow it, and they were going to have a meeting about it, and all the kids were like, come on, it's just a music <laughs> show. It's not going to be bad. Look at it now. Yeah, you know well, I mean? like, like, look where we ended up. And I'm up. talking about morally. Yeah. I'm not talking about we yeah. should shut them down. I'm just saying morally, not a very good channel yeah. you know, in, 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 in a lot of ways. Personally, that's, that's what I, I think. But... In the 80s, they were on the news for trying to silence MTV. And how mad was the left? <gasps> the left was so upset about this regulation, this oppression, this, this controlling speech. Free speech. Let us talk. Blah, blah, blah. Now you're doing it. Yeah. And so what's going to happen 20 years from now when you're not in control of, of the, the moral voice of the culture? That's exactly right. You're going to be so mad. When they turn around and start doing it to you. That's right. If, if we all would get off this train of trying to force each other to do each other's bidding and set back and go, look, you do what you need to do as long as it's within the confines of the law. And I want to love you to bring you to That's right. moral uprightness. Which, which actually segues into the Chick-fil-A thing. We yeah. were talking about just off camera. We were talking about Chick-fil-A. We were talking about In-N-Out Burger. We were yeah. talking about Mozilla. We were talking about what else we were talking about? Um, um, Target. Target. You know what I mean? So like when, when a company is led by a moral compass, not a consumer compass, a moral compass, moral right? Compass. Now, everybody will say there's some kind of morality you need, of course, of course. But I'm talking about almost a religious stance. Yeah. You're either going to attack religion yeah. by your policies or you're going to be for religion in policies. That's when you start to get political. So let's go with the and, CEO. And look at. Go ahead. Go, no, no, no. Go, ahead, go ahead. I was. I'm assuming you you want to start off with Chick Fil A, right? So look at Chick Fil A, and we were talking, and, and it was what the third. We were thinking the third, second or third largest franchisee, or yeah. largest franchisee in in America. They're not even open on Sundays, right? And and, and they're crushing the game, oh, man, dude. And everybody by the way, loves Chick Fil A. Y'all's nugs, game on. Look, we'll accept a sponsorship, Chick Fil A. We, 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 we don't hate folks. We love folks. We love Jesus. We'll, Y'all want to support, please support. We'll take a 50% discount on a burger. You know what, Chick-fil-A? <laughs> I'll say this. I hope this reaches their ear. We are not. We are for Jesus Christ being lifted up in this country. Amen. And what we stand against is the wickedness of what sin produces. Yes. Sinners are always welcome because they need Jesus Christ. But I'm against wickedness, what sin does in a nation. Look what it does. Yeah. Look what it does. And it comes from all sides. You know, people think the church has it all together. No, it comes in all sides. You know what I mean? It comes from the lack of faith. It comes from the lack of, of, of being proactive in the communities. You know what I mean? Like you just said that it seems to be that socialists dominate most of the media, right? No. It's because we, were, we just weren't proactive. And I say we because I'm in your boat. I'm trying to get proactive to be mm -hmm. in this position. 
I don't know too many Christian podcasts, aside from Apologia Radio, that are Christians who want to go into these fields. Most people are podcasting on the reason side of things. I'm saying, yeah, reason's good, but the only reason that you need is Jesus Christ and the morals that God gave us, right? That's We're, we're kind of, a, in, in, in a sense, a rare podcast. We're not just preaching Jesus. How does Jesus impact the culture? That's what Chick-fil-A yeah. did. That's why they got in so much flack. And you know what? Church, if you would learn from them, like us, church, me, right? If we would learn that persecution grows you. Yeah. And look... Look at how Chick-fil-A is viewed in the general culture. Mm. If you go into Chick-fil-A, what's what's one of the first things you notice about it? The staff, the fr- cleanliness, the friendliness. Exactly. The staff and how they act. The staff is always friendly. They're always kind. They're always quick. They're clean. They're reliable. Now, Chick-fil-A isn't afraid to hire people, but they expect you to st- to conform to the standard that they've set of how they conduct themselves. That's right. Right? Right. So as Christians, let's have a business that shows real ethics. Christ. Let's show Christ in the sphere. I w- a couple of years ago, I was sitting with my pastor when I was living in Madison, and I was, I was really tossing about this idea of Christ in the world because I had had voices Were you talking about opening me. a Kilwins? Yes. Thank, Thank you, you, Lord. Um, <laughs> I, I had voices coming against me, basically, of keep Christ in the church. And this was coming from some other The Eastern philosophers. Yeah, the, the real Eastern philosophy of inwardness. And I like, I like that you're, you're pulling that through because we, we really need to keep hammering that we idea. We do, that, dude. Like this, I, it, this it was is such revelation a, to me. This is not a Western idea. Um, this is an Eastern idea, and we need to we need to really combat that. That's exactly right. Um, so I'm sitting with my pastor, extremely brilliant guy, and I'm voicing this concern and, and asking him, like, how does a Christian act in the general society? Right. Because the the belief is, well, you act as a Christian, and you'll transform other people around you, and society's going to hell in a handbasket because. It's society, and the world's going to, it's going to fall. Mm-hmm. You're you're polishing the doorknobs on the Titanic type deal, <laughs> right? That's a, great, that's a great way to put it. <laughs> and his point was, but in order to move Christ throughout, why wouldn't you inject Christ into the different spheres? That's Each right. sphere is dying, right? It's decaying as sin eats through. Right, sin eats through, and it crumbles and falls apart. If you inject Christ into that, there's a hope of saving that sphere and, and at least putting salt on it to to help keep it. Uh, right? Yeah. You know, that's why Christ called us the salt of the earth. That's right. Salt wasn't just for flavor and to spice things up. Salt was to preserve. That's right. You kept meat so meat wouldn't rot. So uh, the Egyptians sub- mummified people with salt yeah. and preserves. Yeah. yeah. So so the body didn't wrinkle reek and stink and it would preserve so if we're supposed to be salt of the earth well the earth that that term contains society and culture within it That's right? Exactly right everything on the earth we are supposed to go out and try to preserve as much as we can because if sin eats away at one sphere it'll start eating away at other spheres that's exactly it and w- we wanted the topic to be Christians, Christians in business. In business. And, yeah. and I think this is, is a, a, and 
we can still discuss Chick-fil-A, in and out all of that. And it's a good segue to start getting into why is it important for a Christian to be in business? Why shouldn't every Christian just decide to sign up at the local church and forsake all of the public sphere in the public world, right? So we watch these examples of Chick-fil-A or, or in and out Burger. Um, and what you notice is something different. And even people who can't stand Chick-fil-A can't help but say there's something different. Like, I've read articles by super liberal people who have said, I don't stand for anything. I, I vehemently disagree with how they stand or what they stand on. But dang it, I love their food. And man, they are really nice people. What better witness? Yeah, exactly. And, and eventually it's going to carry into, we, we hate the wickedness and sin. Yeah. The person is who we're after. But you can't change the person if they don't know that they're wicked, mm-hmm. if they don't know their sin. You know what I mean? And people are going to say, are oh, you saying homosexuality is a sin? Yes. No, as a matter of fact, it's an abomination. It is. But it's no different than lying. It's no different. Like, so that's why it's like, uh, I, I think I said this last podcast, but I'm going to say the yeah. story again. There was a, a, a certain business in Michigan that would not service gay yeah, people. That's right. Are you going to ask everybody if they're in adultery? Are you not going to serve them? Oh, what about liars? Yeah. You're going to stop serving them too? You won't have a business, son. You do that, you blow your witness because you're not being a light to them. You want to you, you want to transform people, show them the love of Christ. Yeah. And again, people are going to say you're comparing uh, uh, um, you're comparing homosexuality to, to other sins like lying and murder. I'm comparing what God's standard is. And I, I got to stand on that, dude. Listen, God was very specific. Does everyone like liars? No. Do you like murderers? Nope. Do you like people that hate? Nope. There's a reason he wrote about sexual sin. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a, he's, he's a smart God, mm-hmm. right? He didn't just write it to make you mad. He wrote it because there's a reason to it, yeah. right? There's an order that he established in family. And all that Chick-fil-A did was recognize the fact that God established an order, Right. And, and, and people are, you're getting mad. No, I'm passionate. Here's why. Because you're mad at God in the Bible saying that that is an abomination. Are you mad that he called lying an abomination? <laughs> are you mad that he called pedophilia an abomination? Bestiality is an abomination. Sleeping with in, in, inside a family is an abomination. Incest, yeah. Incest is an abomination. Pride. Pride, a, lie, a, a proud look, hands that shed innocent blood is an abomination, right? Why aren't you mad at God for that? But you're mad at him for that? Do you think maybe, look, all these things, he's right. He's right. God's right. Not that one, though. Screw God. Why not ask the question, wait a minute, why did he say that? Why is that included? Why is that included? And it wasn't just homo, it's sexual sin in general. He doesn't want us to commit fornication. He doesn't want us to have adultery. As a matter of fact, he's mad at adultery. When Christ talked about the bill of divorcement in the New Testament, he was mad at the Pharisees saying, it's because of your wickedness that we had to write about divorcement. God doesn't want you to get divorced. He wants you to make a covenant with your wife or your spouse in purity and in holiness and keep your covenant, man. Bro, if we would keep to our word, we would see a sharp change in this country for Christianity. If we would learn to keep to our oath, men, women, it's us that fail God, not God failing us. His standards are pure and true and holy, and we fail him. And you know what? We blame him when we fail. 
when he gave us the power and the authority to overcome those things. This is what bothers me about modern religion. This is what bothers me even about modern reason. You're trying to talk people out of their situation. Dude, if you can talk them into it, you can talk them out of it. The only thing that will change them is the spirit of the living God. And you know what happens when you become a living person with the spirit of the Lord? You become a man. You start to stand. You start to stand against wickedness. You know why? Because my kids are eating the fruit of wickedness. My kids now can't be naive anymore because you can't trust people anymore in this country, for, for starters. Right? And then you want them to grow up and be a politician someday. You want them in that brood of vipers? <laughs> I don't. No. If my, ki- if my kids choose to be politicians, statesmen I'll call them, if they choose that, they're going to know full well what goes on up there first. Right? Because this isn't mamby-pamby. This isn't... You're, you're living in a fantasy world if you think that everything is supposed to be hunky-dory, bro. In this world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer because he what? He overcame it, right? He promised tribulation. He promised persecution. He said, if they hate you, no, they hated me, right? You're not going to have a fluffy time here. Jesus, Jesus himself, I don't care who you are. If you read his words, Jesus was a cool dude. Loved people. Saved the harlots, right? The, the, the prostitutes. Went to the sinners and, and all those people, right? They even called him the devil, man. Mm-hmm. They called him the devil. They called Jesus the devil. They didn't call him that because of his standards. They called him that because of his love. Prove me wrong. Do you know why the Pharisees were against him? Because he loved the, the, the sinner and the publican and the Pharisee and the harlot. He loved them. And he showed them their own sin. Yeah, through his action. Through his action. You're absolutely right. That's it. It was love. And so forgive my rant for a second, but it's like for real. Like if if you can get mad at Chick-fil-A for their stance on homosexuality, can you get mad at another business for lying? Here, when's the last time you got mad at your politicians for lying? (laughs) Only if they're on the other team. That's exactly right. (laughs) That is called discrimination. That is called bigotry. And my friends, that's wrong. You are a hypocrite. Don't call me a hypocrite when you do the same thing, right? I'm trying to be objective here and understand what God's role is in this whole thing. God creates government. God creates the arts. The Bible says the earth, the, uh, the, the heavens are his handiwork and the earth is his firmament. It's his handiwork. He created these things, the colors and all these things. Mm-hmm. He's in the arts. He's in media. It was him saying, proclaim throughout liberty throughout the land to all the inhabitants. That's called media, bro. Yeah. You know, write the vision, make it plain. Though it tarries, it'll come. That's media. Right? Words. In, in the 1828, means carrier. The word yeah. means carrier. That's media. God creates media, right? All these things, schools, train up your child the way you should go. That's God. God created that. If you're the one telling me as a Christian that you can't get involved in those areas, you're not reading the word. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean, not being judgmental. You're not reading the word. And it's those same people that say, see, it's because of wickedness. That's why I don't want to get involved. It's because it's wicked because we didn't get involved. That's it. You can't blame society for what it does if we allowed it to happen. Right? I, th- so it's, it's, it's simple. It's simple in here. It's just going to take a lot of work. And we talk and, about this a lot. And not, not in the sense of not allowing it to happen because we need to enforce more laws and create more regulation. Remember, we, we talked about what happened in the 80s. What did the 80s really produce? It, it didn't produce anything good. We didn't produce a more moral generation. No, what we produced dude. was a backlash. Yeah, and we have more we, sexual sexually transmitted diseases. We have more yeah. uh, uh, abortions yeah. in, in, per, it, per, 
per sphere per capita in, yeah. in, in young adults, it, which which is finally starting to come back down. Mm. But we, if we want to get in front of this, or we want to at least slow it down, it's getting one to one. It's showing love in action. It's standing up, like you said, standing up for these standards, standing up for these morals, because if we don't stand up, if we don't stand firm on what we believe, you're going to get walked all over. And that's, that's one of true. the things that, that I'm really thankful for, like the, the CEO of Chick-fil-A. And I thought he handled that whole situation really well. With grace. He, with class. total grace and class. He, he, he came out and said, look, I was being interviewed by a Baptist magazine, and I was asked my thoughts on traditional marriage. We serve everybody. We love everybody. Nobody is rejected from our stores. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they're not they're not doing a lip they're not doing a, uh, a litmus test. <laughs> Are you gay? No. Yeah, no. no. Are you a sorry. liar? Get out. You know, no, Don't. man. No, and, and the it, it's frustrating because there was a small vocal group that came out so hard against them when they really didn't want to understand. Chick-fil-A. They didn't really want to understand what their mission was. And you know what? I'm, I'm not going to say that, like, people are getting saved by having a burger at, at Chick-fil-A. But, but why not? But why not? At, at least the conduct and the witness is a wholesome one. Everybody knows Chick-fil-A is Christian. Everybody knows that Chick-fil-A is kind, is generous, is reliable, is clean, is, is friendly, so something stands to reason that, hey, they're Christian. Not only that, dude. And they love. Yeah, and they're creating the environment for you yeah. to do it. Yeah. For you as the person, the individual. They're creating the environment for you to do that. They're not hostile about you witnessing to somebody or ministering to someone. in the. I mean, I mm-hmm. highly doubt if you're praying for someone in Chick-fil-A, you're going to be like, um, sir, can sir, you take that out? No. We don't take that. No, here. like Mission Barbecue. They open one here in, yeah. in, in St. Lucie West. Great barbecue, by the way. Right? At noon... They stand and do the Pledge of Allegiance. Everybody. That's cooks cool. included. They stop and they do the Pledge of Allegiance, right? That's cool. Why? Because that's, that's what they believe in. Yeah. Right? And you're not going to go there. They're not going to say, are you a socialist? Get out. Are you, are you, are you anti-America? Uh, Vamos, dude. <laughs> They're not going to do that. No. Why would they? That's an internal. See, morality is internal. It's what you do externally that bothers me. Like, yeah. if, like okay, you're going to practice mm. sin. You've already pretty much admitted that you're not going to walk out the righteousness of Christ, okay? <laughs> okay, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's like, uh, and I'm only using this as, a, as an example, like a drug, druggie, you know? He made his bed. He made his choice. So, so do you let him hang out in your house around your kids while he's doing drugs? Exactly. No. So then I'm discriminatory against a druggie because I don't want him hanging out in my house? Now, it's ridiculous. Would you take him out for a cup of coffee and and talk oh, with dude. him and, and try to guide dude. him right? Yeah, I mean, and I can't right? tell you. Yeah, and yeah. this isn't this isn't like a you know I I can't tell you how many homosexuals I've witnessed to you know, uh, and and not always great conversations. They yeah. get upset and, and now, okay. In my youth, I said some stupid things too. Like, yeah. and it wasn't that I was offending them. It was just. I got angry with them, you know, angry at them because they were getting mad at me and I didn't handle myself in the right conduct. God, forgive me, man. I I can't tell you that I was perfect in every situation, right? But I wanted them to know why Christ loves them, why God loves them, why they need to change their lifestyle because, hey, man, like you have a soul and it's going to eternity. Well, I don't believe that. Well, that's fine. You don't have to believe that, right? My duty is to preach the gospel. That's my job. 
right? Christianity is always under attack for what it believes, right? And have you as an atheist or homosexual or whatever asked the question, why is God always the one on the hot seat? Why not you? Why have you determined that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Who gave you the right to say what hate is? God already determined what hate is. I don't want to maim you. I want to love you. Dude, homosexual or not, man. Like, straight up, some of my, some, some, some cool folks, and people are going to be like, oh, see, now I was trying to justify it. No. I had a, a, a cousin that's homosexual. Or I know several of them. You know what I mean? They're, they're cool people. They know my stance, you know, yeah. but I don't hate them. And, you know and the I mean? thing is, like, we're not... Sexual sin... Our culture ha- is over-sexualized, right? Let's hyper. let's all agree we are it's not just saturated. Over, it's hyper. We are like promoted, saturated with sexuality everywhere we turn, and it's become a big part of who we are. So I understand when you sit down across from somebody who's gay and you say, "Look, I I just believe that that lifestyle, that behavior, is a sin," right? Giving into that that temptation they get offended or or let's use an adulterer a more neutral area an adulterer they may get offended why because sexuality is such a big part of us we've trained ourselves to to yeah really focus on sexuality and and it's it's people's identity people one of the first things a lot of people describe themselves as is gay well, why? Why? Why is gay one of the first descriptors you use to to name yourself or, or give your identity? Mm. Because sexuality is such a big part of us. It's true. So you never hear an adulteress say, "I'm an adulterer." No, I'm an no. adulterous lifestyle. Or, or I'm straight. No, I'm not. I'm not belittling. I'm just. Saying I know like, you're not. It's, it's, it's just the labels. Yeah, you're, you're, you're setting yourself up for your own fall. It, exactly. It's become a big part of us that's hard to separate. So when a Christian sits down, and this is why it gets so volatile, when a Christian sits down from them and says, look, I, I think this action, this behavior, this, this, you know, Christians have, have used the word choice and that's gotten blown up into smithereens. But this behavior, I believe, is a sin. What they're hearing is you are a sin. Mm. Not your behavior. That that's, that's not good, really what they're dude. hearing. What they're hearing is you yourself. That's good because there's your identity sin. of being you're, gay. So now you, your identity, you're a plague. You're a plague. Not what's within you. We're born in sin. It's now you're the plague. Wow, that's yeah. great. Dude. Your that's identity a great is an abomination. That's oh, that's, that's so like saying good. Massey by pure name. Everybody named Massey is an abomination. Right? Wow, that's good. And and so I mean. That's not good. No, that's I bad. What, that's bad. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, I think too, not you brought up the topic of the, the, the hyper, cause I want to bring it back into the Christian's business yeah. because being a hypersexualized society, now it's almost like permissible for divorce to be okay. Oh, it's, it's totally you know, it's accepted. Like, it's like, there's always an out now, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I love her. I'm gonna get married a couple years down the road, blah. It just didn't work out. You know, we, we, we just didn't love each other anymore. Dude. I, I, we we got to think about this, and we're going to tie this into Christians in the workplace, right? Are we if we're saved, Christians? Are we not supposed to be Jesus? Absolutely, because we have Him inside of us, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, influencing our spirit to make our soul and our body do what it needs to do, right? Because the yeah. Holy Spirit influences us. Is Christ's love everlasting? 
Amen. Is he not with you through thick and thin? When you disobey, when you obey, when you're going through hell, when you're going through heaven, is he not with you? How much mercy do you ask for? Bingo. If you truly have Christ, you cannot say, I loved her once, I don't love her anymore. Doesn't work that way. No. Doesn't work that way. Jesus loves me at my worst and at my best. God mm-hmm. loves me at my worst and my best. The Holy Spirit will convict me at my worst and uh, uh, support me at my best or encourage me. There yeah. you go, at my best. Reminding me of my righteousness in him, right? That is the duty. So you saying, I loved, but I don't love anymore? Is that Christ? That's, that's like Christ dying on the cross and saying, well, for a certain set of standards and time, this is for you. That's exactly right. And if you and don't follow any, it, oh, the Jews only. Yes. The Jews only or anybody born between 1132 and 1677. Those are the only ones that are allowed the gift. No, everybody. Exactly. So because of the hypersexualized society, this is why sexuality has become a a huge topic. The the whole, like you said, that's a great point, dude. I highlight that, Uh, the gay thing and and, and, and the whole uh, divorce thing, which leads us to this topic of Christians. And we're talking about Chick-fil-A, but this is why being a Christian in the workplace is not only vital, it's critical that you obey Christ if you're a Christian in the workplace. Because in the Bible, it talks about it, I believe in Timothy, when it talks about, uh, in the King James, it says, uh, uh, servants, be kind to your masters. It's not talking about slaves. It's talking about servants, those who work mm-hmm. for the master, right? The boss. Be kind to your masters. You know, they hire you. Know, you you're doing all, all things under the Lord, right? Masters, be kind to your servants. Right? Yeah. And it's a direct command to a Christian business owner. Direct command. Yeah. So... Is God involved in business? Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he gets involved in it. Romans 13, talking about government, right? Uh, Proverbs, talking about raising up your children. He is involved in every sphere of life, right? So it's not just saying, I'm a Christian in the workplace. I hope this works out. It's being Christ in the workplace. Amen. And how often do we do we really drop that ball? I'm totally guilty of that. Bro. And and you just convicted me with the, the servant to your master as well as master to the servant. Cause a lot of times we think, well, my boss is a Christian. He better be Christianly to me. Well, same goes for us towards our bosses, right? How many times have we had a boss that we're just not Christian to their face or behind their back? Ooh. Right. That's convicting. That is very, it, it is right here. That's convicting. And all of us have done it. All, all Christians Matter at fact, some point have done it. Can can I be raw? You yeah. know, like uh, pastoring is hard. Because you 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 delegate and things don't get done and then I get upset and it's like, and I was telling you about this earlier like yeah, where God convicted me of that like Lord I don't want to do that man like I cannot do that I can't Bible says not to be easily angered yeah. you can't be easily triggered like that you know what I mean you gotta watch yourself and dude, I'm just being transparent right I fail but my I don't say I'm gonna wallow in this failure because they're still wrong no it's like Lord change me I don't want to be a failure I don't want to be a hypocrite right. Being a hypocrite is habitually doing the things that you're wrong at. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. You're you're, you're preaching this, but you're actively and willfully doing that very thing. You're practicing habitually the thing you're doing. If you figure out, oh, man, Lord, I'm sorry. Train me, Father. Teach me not to do that. Teach me, Father, how to be a kind man. Teach me how to be uh, loving in all situations. It says in in 1 Corinthians 13, right? To love 
one another as Christ loved us, right? If Christ took his wrath for me, who am I to give wrath Amen. to someone else, man? That's being Christ, Amen. you know? And again, this is a high standard. This is why it's awesome to preach Christ, because it's like, oh, who can attain that? Nobody. Right? Perfect. You're right. Nobody can attain it. So why do you want a government to maintain what love is? Absolutely. They'll never get it right. Jesus did. God did. He loves us, man. Created us. Gave us a soul. Gave us a spirit, right? To walk in him. To walk in purity. To love one another, right? Regardless of race. There is no race in, in, in God. He created all people to be equal. We're all equal yeah. in his eyes. Your sheep or your goats. And that, that there's some division there. Your sheep or your goats, right? But you're all his creation. It rains on the just and the unjust. Just because you're wicked, it'll still rain on you. Just he has because patience and long standing for the wicked. That's exactly right. right. It talks about that in Peter. He, he's patient and long suffering so that people would repent. Are you that way in your business? Are you patient and long suffering? Again, this is conviction to me. Like, are you patient and long suffering with those that are in, in your business that you've hired? Yeah. Here, oh, they're not doing what I want them to do. Have you communicated it well to them? Is it you yeah. that needs to change? So I think being Christians in business goes beyond just saying the moniker of Christian. It's being Christ in the business. Absolutely. And and I want to take that one step further. And the I think a lot of times we get stuck into this box of a Christian in the business world should at the most uphold their standard of of what they think Christ should do. And I think it walks even farther to back to the talents. Now, if I remember correctly, a couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about the idea of the talents. Mm. In the business world, why can't you walk out your faith and try to grow your talents? And I, we've been talking a lot about the podcast, a lot about the ministry, the, the vision and, and where we want to go. And why can't we use business to spread the gospel? I th- there's there's this line that stigma. a lot of a, a stigma that people draw of like oh you're in business therefore you can't have a gospel first mission it's one or the other yeah not you, true you you can't create profit or or create business expansion if you're going to be for the gospel because in our hearts what we do is we say it's either or and we say well you're serving wealth not God ooh that's good. So then that leaves then that business is amoral, which then leads to cronyism. Think about it. Good point. Right? Good so point. if we remove a moral standard from business and say that's separate, you can't put that in business, then you remove the standard of morality. And then eventually it inches out to cronyism was what yeah. you see. Which why a lot of liberals are mad at capitalists. They're not mad at the capitalists. They're mad at the cronyists. Mm-hmm. Right? So like even this, uh, you know, being a Christian in business, uh, you know, I'm not saying, man, like, make as much money as you want, bro. Do it. Grow the business. Be a trillionaire. I don't care, right? But are you willing to, like, look at your men who have helped you make that money and bonus them and take care of them? Not a government. You. Right? So it's like you hear people complaining about giving women time off for their babies and, and fathers, you know, their babies, stuff like that. It's like, you know, it is scriptural, man. When a man was called out to war and he got married, he was to they go back home, home for a year yep. with his wife, mandated by God. Yeah. Are you willing to do that for your employees? Now, people are going to be like, so you're trying to tell me it? No, I'm not trying to tell you anything. What if that was you? What would you want? And Do and, unto others as you would have them do unto you. And the Levitical law set aside times for the woman, which they, they use the term unclean, right? But 
which that that creates another stigma. But really, what it's doing is it's giving her time and separating her out. It's like okay, she's she can sit and rest, meaning uncleanliness, like bloody and the yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. But, just trying but to clarify af- after birth, like there was a certain amount of time, right? So let, let's go on with this for a minute, right? Are you willing to do unto others that you would have them do to you? Are you willing to see? that one extra or two or three extraordinary employees in each field and say, you know what, man, I'm going to grant them something. Are you willing to go above and beyond paying them what you pay them and becoming the real Christ in these businesses? God, if God rewards us with everlasting rewards and promises or yes and amen and all these things, right? If he can do that with us, can we do that with others? Hmm. You know what I mean? Why is his hand not stayed with us in, in, in prosperity, right? Cause he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Well, do you need, to have the wealth in the cattle of a thousand hills? Are you cool with a million instead of 10? I'm not saying don't make 10. Make 10 if you can make 10. That's great. I'm just saying, like, be a Christian. Man, how many people do you see in need that need a house? How many dudes that work at your place, man? You know what? They did get in trouble. They got in debt. And they acknowledge that. And they're trying to repent of that. They're trying to get their lives straight, right? Uh, what's that one uh, uh, Christmas carol? You know, when uh, Scrooge turns, you know, uh, turns his ways, he starts to help Tiny Tim from his business gives a, a, a what's the the tiny tim's dad what's his name cratchit remember. bob cratchit gives him a raise he's like i'm going to help your struggling family i'm going to i'm going to do everything i can to help you guys cuz he saw the value because god put it in his heart he saw the value of the soul and the man right and how hard he works and, and you know poverty's not a good thing and i've got more than enough man have some be benevolent Give to more causes, blah, blah, blah. Here's the problem I have is when the government takes 40% of what you got, (laughs) right? Why are they doing it? Why are they the ones in control of how to be benevolent? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense. Why Why do they have the narrative on this is how we should treat employees? Christ taught you how to do that. Well, there's no specific rule book. It's called the spirit, bro. The spirit will lead you to what to do. You know what I mean? How many times, man? And this, it's not a boast. I've got friends, dude, that do this. You know, how many times I didn't take a paycheck from certain things because family needed it or friends needed it. When I had a business, it happened, right? There's nothing wrong with that, but it's the spirit of God leading you to that. And you know what, dude? I've been more prospered because of it. Amen. And and when when you live as a Christian businessman and you you go all out, you do everything you can, right? As Christians, we're supposed to put our all into everything. That's right. As unto God. So if I'm a businessman, my goal is to grow my business. That's right. Why? So I can hire more people and provide for more families. It drives me nuts when, when people get mad at the uber rich because they have servants and they've got planes and they... Dick DeVos, the, the husband of Betsy DeVos, Dick DeVos, if I remember correctly, he was one of the founders of Amway. The right. Right. My cousin is a pilot for Amway. My cousin's family gets paid, gets fed, gets a house, gets comfortable life because Dick DeVos is rich and successful. <laughs> and he's got a fleet of planes. Yeah, dude. And like, tons of pilots. And we get mad because they have servants. It's like, what if that servant, that butler or whatever, loves his job? Yeah. What if he, that's his, that, his calling and mission? You know what the butlers are in the church? Those that pick up and clean up and, yeah. and, and, and organize and arrange, they, they find the servanthood. That's a gift. It's a gift. And they find that servanthood. They're gifting. Yeah. Their hospitality is their gifting. What they do with, you know what I mean? 
Like, why are we dogging that? Like, who are you to say that's a bad job? Yeah. Now, and I don't like it that if 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 a rich guy ha- you know has a servant or a butler or whatever or maids that you pay them crap wages. Yeah. If they do a great job, man, compensate. They're part of your family, dog. They're with you every day. And and they should see the example of Christ. And, Bingo. And that. Well, I've got another point to the do whole it, servant it, thing, it, but but bef- I want to close this other one out first. A businessman who's Christian influences two groups of people, mm. right? So you've got the people who are working for that Christian. They're giving their witness through how they treat their employees, yeah. right? They're they're showing love by Christ providing well. They're they're Christ on earth. They're, Christ is saying through this businessman, "I am providing for your family. I'm giving you your daily bread, and I care, and I I care about you. I want the best for you." Right. The other group are other businessmen in the field, because one of the you know. Have a book about millionaires, and it goes through the statistics and the data and the analytics of of how millionaires think. And sure. despite what we decide that millionaires are all these men in top hats with big cigars and you know the trying little, to the circle glass yeah, the thing, circle like the glass. Monopoly guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And That's so, awesome. And, and besides that idea, do not when, pass when, goal. When you <laughs> when you look at how these guys view what's important, one of the top factors is integrity. Mm. And if you think about it, people who don't have integrity, they may get successful, right? It doesn't usually last long. It goes back to it comes down on their own head. If you don't have integrity and you're always lying, you're always cheating people, you're always cutting corners in order to, you're going to get sued. You're going to fall at some point. It'll (laughs) crumble you. No, a a good Christian, Christian businessman actually provides an example to the businessmen around them and goes, look, I can have my integrity, I can have my standard, I can follow Christ and still run a successful business. That's exactly it. And that goes back to Chick-fil-A. Christians who don't even open their stores on Sunday, six days a week, and they're still killing it. And, bro, Sunday's the day you want to be open because all the church people want to go out to eat. Exactly. That's a big day. Could you imagine if if Chick-fil-A opened on Sundays? Church after church? Packed, lines out the door. But they don't because they respect their employees. They respect their standards. They respect their faith. And they go, no, we want a day of rest. You work six days and seventh day you rest. And that standard is a light to everybody yeah. else. And even if you're an employee there and you're an atheist, you've now learned the commandments of God. Exactly. Love one like uh, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which you probably don't do. Love your neighbors yourself. You're still following the commandment of keeping the Sabbath. God, yep. said, God, God said, work six days, rest on the Sabbath. Yep. You are teaching them the commandments of God, even though they don't believe in him, but you're still showing them the love of Jesus. Like, do you see if we just did it God's way all the way? Even if they're atheists, you're still teaching them. Yeah. Then, they're, then honestly, they're without excuse, the Bible says. that They, they, they now know, right, how to be. And uh, the, the ironic thing, too, is like you can't control everybody in your business. No. Right. So like people, Trump supporters, for example, you know, stop the Trump supporters. They're all acting crazy, which is true. There's some that act crazy. Right. Trump can't control them. Bernie Sanders had people at his rallies and they were all, you know, a lot of them being being. And he said himself, I can't control his supporters shut down a Trump rally because they're arguing violence. What's that? Oh, that's right. The guy who shot up the Congress baseball practice. He was a huge Bernie sort Bernie Sanders supporter. Oh, yeah. But dude, that's yeah. not that's not Sanders's fault. No, not at all. He can't he blame has no him for that. Yeah, for that. exactly. So it's like, like I don't like his policies. I mean, they sound 
No, I actually sound crappy in theory, uh, you know, because nothing works and it's nothing's for free. I don't like anything he says, really, as far as the policies. S- the only reason they sound crappy is because you understand the economics of it. True. <laughs> True. Right. But I mean, but l- let's be honest here. If I sat down with Bernie Sanders, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I yeah. don't think he'd be a jerk because you got to get along with people to be up in Congress. Right. I don't think he'd be a jerk. I think Bill Clinton would be a nice guy to sit with. I wouldn't want to, but I think yeah. he'd be a nice guy. You know, and I shouldn't say charismatic. that. I would want to. I'd want to sit with him, just pick his brain. Like, why do you do what you do, and why do you make certain decisions, and all these things? And yeah, I mean, I, I want to sit with people. I would. I would love to sit with President Obama, pick his brain on what constitutionality yeah. is and what's not. Since you're a constitutional lawyer, I want to know, right? Sit down with President Trump and say, like, why do you do these things? Why are you such a jerk sometimes? Why do you have to do that? Like, there's no reason for these things. You create more division in some ways than, than not, right? Mm. I agree with some of the things you do, and it's awesome, but I don't agree with some of the things you do either, right? So, but, so, I, I, you know, we, we, we put this, and, and this is going to go to even politics. Let, let's just go here for a minute. We didn't elect a pastor. We elected a president. I've heard that argument, okay? Yeah. Romans 13 says that the man that you put in office is a minister of God to thee for good. Either we believe the whole counsel of God or we don't. Either we believe in the word and what it says or we don't. See, President Trump's form of good is a little different than Obama's. Both in the same respect. If one takes away my rights constitutionally, right, that's wrong. If one is advancing my constitutional rights but is a jerk, is wrong. See what I mean? We can't, yeah. we can't change these two things. We hold people by the same standard. That's why I'm not smitten with President Trump. I'm not against him. I'm not against President Obama. I was against what he did. I want, I, I, I want to see him go to church and his daughters go to church and all these things. You know, I, I want to see that stuff. I, it, Christianity does not stop at your house, four walls. The only way you're going to see people change is when you become Jesus everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, man. I was with a friend, Andrew. I was taking him home, dude, and these kids were throwing a bonfire. And he's like, hey, can we turn around? I got to go tell him about Jesus. That guy is insane. He, six, seven In dudes, man. such a great way. Yeah, dude. He, and it just it's so encouraging and inspiring to me because, I mean, I witness to people. I do. Yeah. People I don't know, but he he's he goes like no another level. fear, man. Yeah, he's, got, he's another level. You know, he he's he's... You know, they were cussing at him and stuff like that, you know? Really? Oh, yeah. F this, F that. Who the F are you to tell me about who God is? God ain't real. I'm an atheist. You know, if God was real, why did he create mosquitoes? Answer me that. Otherwise, you know, I believe you're God. And he's like, why don't you ask me a question that's actually real, like relevant about Jesus, yeah. you know? And But he did not once raise his voice. And you know what they started to say about him? How can you? There's no way you can be this happy. How are you this happy? How are you this joyous? And he, like, with his heart pleading to them. It's because the Holy Spirit lives in me, and I feel the pain that God feels for you. I feel what he feels for you. And God loves you, and I want you to know his love, and he loves you. He wants you to come to him. That's all he kept saying. Got in the truck, because I, I was on the phone. I, I would have joined him, but I was on the phone. And uh, that's not an excuse. I go witness <laughs> a lot. I do, okay? I witness a lot to a lot of people. It's not an excuse. I was on the phone, and uh, he came in the truck, because I was with him part of it and then yeah. you know whatever and then he came back in and he says to me how did he say it? he said i know jesus is with me i know what i did and what i had to do and they don't know his love 
And he just kept looking down. And he looked up and he said, I just feel God's, God's heart for them. He created them. They're his, they're, they're his, they're his creation. He said, I just, I feel their pain. I feel his pain for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you can't just be a Christian in the church and say you love and you love people and you love this and watching them go to destruction. How can you love? What did uh, Penn, Gillette, yeah, Penn what did he say? Do you remember? He, so he's, he made the comment that even though he's an atheist, like he doesn't mind when, when people witness to him. He's, he says, look, if, if you re- really believe that I'm going to hell and you don't try to warn me about it, you must hate me, right? He's, he's absolutely right. If, if we think that people are going to go to hell if they don't accept Christ and we don't do anything about it, we don't have any passion yeah. for it, we're hating these people. Truth. And, and if you can't stop snickering about people in your church, you'll never go outside the four walls to go reach people that aren't saved. Boom. If all you're doing is snickering and backbiting and belittling and you're not being family in the church, forget about it. You're never even going to think about witnessing people because you were so worried about yourself being offended. Yeah. When you can get rid of your own offenses and love people where they're at and truly love them where they're at, truly love them at their worst and at their best, you will learn to love others outside mm-hmm. the walls and bring them in. That's the heart, right? Christians in business can't just be Christians. That word is so polluted. Yeah. Being Christ, that word is not polluted. Absolutely. And I, I want to take it a bit of a different vein in the sense that a, somebody who's Christ in the business world. So walk with me on, on this thought process. God created the world. God created everything within the world. And then God set man loose, basically, in the Garden of Eden and said, go, subdue the world. Take dominion. Take dominion. This idea of go out, have, enjoy, have fun with what I've created. I, and I always relate it to being a, a treasure hunt, right? So scientific discoveries. I really believe those are just a treasure hunt from God for us to discover how he did things and his power and glory. You look at the way the body is created, the, the most hardened atheist still looks at the body and goes, this is an insanely complex creation. And a lot of times they'll they'll use the word creation. Yeah, I think it's funny too that we haven't yeah. even mastered the body and we want to find aliens. Well, exactly. We, you know what, we, we, you know what I mean? Like we, we know. Yeah. We're still trying to hey, figure out the brain, but you want to go find extraterrestrial. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and you think about the brain; it's it's electrical impulses. Yet we have guys like Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo and Beethoven and Mozart that have developed these things out of electrical impulses that are running back and forth in their brain. There's something going on. And I want, <laughs> I want everybody to take that back to business. So remember I said I had another point about servants and, and people who yes. work. Good, I, good, I, good. I Way to come back. Boom. I think there's two kind of segments. And those two segments need to understand who they are and find, find God's fulfillment in that. I think you have the people who have the gifts of helps, the gifts of service, the gifts of, of following the orders and doing the things that need to be done in order to make sure that the machine works. I don't want to use the word machine because that sounds cold. Make sure the body moves and the body does what it needs to do. You have another side of people who, who are, are more of the creatives, Right, the the people who they, they find a passion in producing and creating and in discovering new ways to do things, and 
when you're in business and I'm really kind of just talking to people who are like, I don't know what my meaning is. I, I want to be a Christian, but I don't know how God created this treasure hunt. And as a Christian business person, if you're a creative and you want to produce and you want to create and you want to expand and you want to do new, do it. Christ made you to do that. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, well, you can't grow your business past $10 million a year because then you're just greedy. Then, then you're, you're not a Christian anymore. No, you're, you're trying to succeed and do the best you can with what God has given you and multiply your yeah. talents. Why isn't Bill Gates greedy? You never hear a liberal say never Bill Gates is greedy. Never he's greedy. Never. Steve Jobs, not never. greedy. Never. Nope, because they're on that side. Yeah. Mark Cuban ain't greedy. No. But a Christian and business owner, he's greedy. Dang it. And and this question is kind of a joke question, but I wouldn't mind discussing it with you sometime, is can A, can a Christian buy a Ferrari? Mm. B, could a pastor buy a Ferrari? And we don't we don't have to delve into that right now because I want I want to talk. I have to, my thoughts. But yeah, I, I want to talk to the the other side of it. That's a good topic. Yeah, it, it, and it's more nuanced than because right away some people go no, some people go well yeah. I, I think it's a lot more nuanced than that. Um, but you have the people who who they just they don't have a heart to create mm. right, and it, I'm I'm not saying Keep they're going. Any by any means is a stretch of the imagination, they're less, right? They just don't have a passion to create. They have a passion to do their job and do it well, hopefully. Some people just don't. But if you're not on the creative side, you're on more the the order side, the performance side, the 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 direction side. Fulfill that. Make that the best you can possibly make it. And if you're somebody who's okay with getting up every morning and going to your job and doing your job and coming home, amen. Follow that through. Let the Lord carry you through that. Here, and let me, can, can I take this yeah, a little bit cool. to the scripture? As a liberal who thinks that they deserve what the rich people have, why do you want it? Hmm. Why do you want riches? Good question. Here's why. James 4. <clears throat> From whence come wars. Here, let me go to a different version because that's a, that's a tough one to read. Uh, here. What causes fights? And this is James 4, guys. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Listen to this. Absolutely. You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. Greed. Oh, and man. Greed, right? You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight, right? You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you do, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. Yeah. That you may spend it on what gets your pleasures. See? Yeah. When a rich man works for what he wants and he's a true Christian, his idea of wealth isn't because he wants to be selfish. He can promote kingdom principles. He can promote ministries. He can promote missions. He can promote you know, good city structures, good schools, all these things. That's what he mm -hmm. wants to do. You who just want it for nothing, I'm going to be blunt. You who want it for nothing want to consume it on your own lust. That's why you don't have it. Yeah. So you want to force them to do it. Here, let's verse 2. You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. Jesus said hatred is murder. Ooh. You hate rich people? That's you desire, but you heart. don't have, so you hate. You murder. You covet, 
but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. You can't get what you want. No diamond has ever been produced without hard work. Don't work that way. Yeah. Right? And why do you want your riches? To consume it on your lust or to help other people? You, it's easy. Yeah. How many people that win the lottery? Oh, I'm going to give. I'm going to do this. I'm going to donate. End up broke because they consume it on their lusts. Yeah. They do. On what f- fulfills and gratifies them? Why aren't you happy to be a butler? What if you're supposed to be happy with being a butler? Why can't you buy a house for $130,000 instead of $300,000? You know why there's quarrels and fights and money? It's because of money. It's because of riches. The love of it. Because you consume it on your own pleasures and lust. Dude, that's what I love about the Bible. Okay? Let's continue. You adulterous people. This is after verse 3. It's verse 4. Don't you know that friendship with the world is enemies with God? Right? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Do it God's way. If you went his way, he would show you how to do it. You'd be content with where you're at. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he's jealous and he longs, uh, and, and the, 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 or do you think uh, scripture says without reason that his, he jealously longs for those, uh, for the spirit that dwells in us, but he gives us more grace when the scripture says God opposes the problem, gives grace to the humble. Why can't we be humble? Why can't we be humble? Just accept this is where I'm at. I want to build from here. So I have to build. You don't live in your house for free. You owe it. Because it was built yeah. for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, that was when I I preached on this when, a couple of weeks ago, whatever. Two, three weeks ago. Yeah. Two, three weeks ago. Which got raves, by the way. What's that? Got raves. Good, oh, good review. Thank you. Um, that, that was basically my main point is, like, if you can't die to yourself then you'll never fulfill what God wants you to be. And you won't be a light to those who can't. Exactly. Like, and one of the most important things I had to do was die to myself. And and it was, I'm very thankful for how quickly God started to open back up the floodgates. As soon as I, I learned how to kind of die to myself through all of this, especially the, the job situation, like God started really providing me vision and, and giving me more of an open door of, okay, now... Now you understand being my servant. Now we can start opening up more doorways. It's because now you're looking outward, not inward. Exactly. You know what I mean? Serving him instead of serving myself. Exactly. Selfishness won't give you vision. My people perish because they lack vision. People perish because they're selfish. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's the only reason. When you start looking outward, when you start praying for other people, when you start honoring people around you, when you start honoring your leadership, mm-hmm. you know, all these things, it gives you vision. It may show you things about leadership. I don't want to do it that way. I don't think God wants it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever. I'm not saying that in every case. I'm just saying, you know what I mean, in general, right? Your boss yeah. may be a jerk in certain situations or whatever. I don't want to do it that way. And, you know what I mean? And the butler, if you don't like being a butler and you hate being a butler, first step is to go, okay, Lord, if you've called me to be a butler... I need to let this die to me and I need to let this die to me and I need to accept God's called me to be a butler. Now, I don't believe that a lot of times God want, is, is desiring somebody to be a butler for the rest of their life. But we have to accept that sometimes You've been asked to be a butler the rest of your life. Well, actually, but, I'll, yeah, I'll take it different than that, but go ahead. Sorry. But but you look at, say, Joseph. He he gets put into slavery. 
he becomes a slave in somebody's house. He, a prominent official in Egypt. He starts to work up, and then he's head of the household. Then he gets knocked back into prison. And one thing you'll notice in that story, Joseph never complains. No, he never complained. And I think the other, the other scenario to that story is he didn't willfully put himself in that position. No. He was thrown into, sold into slavery. Yeah. So he had to accept where he was at. Are you at a position in your life that you've thrown yourself into and you blame others around you or God? That's true, too. You know what I mean? So Joseph didn't have a choice. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. We blame other people for our situations because we put ourselves in that situation. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, if you're uncontent with being a butler or being whatever, right? Maybe it's because God is calling you to be a visionary and nobody's ever told you that. Yeah. But you know what? Joseph accepted where he was at because it's like, you know what? I can't change this. I'm a slave now. That's honor. I'm a slave. Exactly. Now. I'm a slave. I am Potiphar's servant. I have no more life. And they took slavery serious, like servanthood serious, man. They, if you, you don't complain. Because you it was mm-hmm. punishable by death. You don't do that mess. He, you know what I mean? He should have been executed on her word. Mm. He should have been executed. And I, I really believe that the anger that Potiphar had wasn't totally a Joseph. But he knew he was in a, a tough situation. He, he was really kind of bound because if he has a servant who somebody... So his wife accuses of rape or attempted rape. You can't just let him off. And I really believe Potiphar was partly mad because he's losing this great upstanding guy that he probably has an inkling of, my wife's kind of full of it. I don't think this was the true situation, but I can't do anything about it. Right. So that's why I threw him in prison instead of executing. Yeah, and it's like Potiphar was never dealt that card, it seems like. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, could he have done this? He should have let him go for it. Dude, have you ever been in a situation you've never been in, and you yeah. like you have to come up with a quick decision? Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, retain position and retain. Dude, you the, know the effects. Can you imagine if he'd have just said, "All right, let him go." I'm not mad. That would have like set a ripple mm-hmm. throughout the systems. Those that actually did break the law, it would have set a ripple effect. Yeah. Well, if Joseph, if, if Potiphar did it, then I should do it for whoever I want. You know, that would have set it, it, bad messages, right? That's a that's a whole other that's a whole another one. It, it, but I'm not saying it in the in the wrong way, right? But like, had he said kill my wife, another oh, ripple effect. Man. You know yeah. what I mean? So spare his life, send him to jail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Best. Right, right. So you know, and it, and it probably set the precedent for the uh, the 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 baker and the wine the yeah. couple because they were both accused. They probably should have been killed, but it probably set an example of that's. Let's be patient with them. Yeah, and and one of them was actually saved, and the other one was right. executed. Right. So it it does show this this sense of of mercy in the government, where and it the was very easy ha- to lose your head. Yeah, the king didn't have to show mercy to no. them. No, Pharaoh could kill anybody you want to whenever he wanted. Dude, to. think about that. Think about that. He could have easily just said, "Oh, none of you are wrong. It doesn't matter. Kill him." Yeah. Well, did no skin off his nose. Where's he carrying? Get more. There's people dying to be cupbearers. Yeah. Sleep in the palace, man. I want to go home. I want to sleep in the palace. You know what I mean? Yeah. All I got to do is hold your cup of wine. Score. You know what I mean? Like, who wouldn't do that? Right? I mean, as far as in that position. So anyways, this is why it's so important for the gospel to be preached. Again, we, we, we circle around to this message all the okay. time. It's, I don't want people to get the idea that we're just talking about social issues just to talk about social issues. This is literally about the gospel. Yeah. 
our base, our, our people that listen to us typically are Christians. So we're talking beyond just the normal Christian. Yeah. What, what did you say earlier today? When are we going to get past the condemnation and all these things and have some hope? Right. So how can we be proactive? So now it's time for us to really hammer what it's like to be a Christian in business, in family, in church, in state. Mm-hmm. Can we be Christians? Absolutely, man. And you know what? I fear that we talk about that, but we never really talk about being led of the spirit to do it. I mean, can you imagine, dude? I mean, this is just me, right? But wh- to pray in the chambers of Congress and the Holy Spirit fall, hmm. whew, you know what I mean? Or like seeing healings and miracles take place, bro. You know what I mean? You want to get people to change? Show them the power of God. Not just, not just talk about it. Could you imagine a, a real prophet walking through the halls of Congress and, and calling down God's word? And seeing a mass repentance Bro. like Nineveh, could you imagine seeing yeah, how but, great that would be? And even then, though, like, are you willing to go to the belly of the whale to yeah. get that revelation? Are you willing to humble yourself to go do that? Few, few. Yeah, and how you know <laughs> how many are? And so, like, again, this is about Jesus Christ and Christ alone, you know, and and the power that God gives us through Christ and the Holy Spirit and the promptings and the leadings. If you haven't accepted Christ, the whole point of this is not to just tell you you need Jesus, but what can Jesus do to affect a nation or a world, a society? Shoot, your neighborhood. Yeah. And what can Jesus do to affect your neighborhood, man? And what what do you need to let go of to let him do that through That's you? That's exactly it, man. Like, as dads, what can we let go of to be more like Jesus to our kids? As businessmen, what can we let go of to be Jesus as businessmen? Mm-hmm. And we want to encourage you guys to do that. Um, and thank you again for, uh, you know, what is this, Podcast 17? 17. Podcast 17, you know, for tuning in, for loving the content. And, you know, we're going to keep putting out more. You're going to see a lot of different changes where I just asked a, a, a content maker to make a whole new logo uh, for the podcast because, you know, I want it to be aesthetically good. And um, we're just seeing a lot of things happen that, that's awesome. You know, God's increasing the, 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 the professionality of it, and, and we're excited for that. You're going to see a whole new set this year. Uh, we're going to be working on that, but just, and none of that matters to me. I just want it to be where like everybody can watch it and like be not just turn us off because we're not excellent. I want us to be excellent in everything we do. And uh, so thank you for tuning in guys. Jesus Christ is all in all, man. That's why we do this. It's not for getting paid because we don't get paid. Uh, none of that stuff. We just want to be Christ everywhere we go. And uh, we want to say that we love you guys. If you guys haven't been on our website, go to the self truth.com, the self truth.com. And uh, you guys can see on the banner, you guys can check out more about our podcast. You can check out more about the ministry. We're going to be doing a lot of awesome things this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would give a shout out to Great, Greater Homeschool Conventions. They're going to have us as keynote speakers there, uh, teen track speakers. And we're going to have some of them guys on our podcast, which is going to be exciting. Uh, I'll be in four events this year. They have seven per year, but I'll be at four of them. Uh, and what a blessing to be a part of it, mm-hmm. man. We're going to be talking about different topics there and uh, doing more apologetics type stuff, you know, so that, that's exciting for us. We're also going to be in the public schools uh, and locally here. I mean, we're going to be teaching uh, Latin folks how to be American. What does it mean to have the Constitution? God's opening up doors for us to, to, to do that. So it's not just the podcast. There's a whole lot more. And we're going to get back to doing our Freedom in Fives. And you're going to see that on our Facebook. If you go to Self-Evident Ministry on our Facebook page, Instagram page, all these things, we have a lot of different content that comes out. Um, you're going to see my wife do a lot more. You're going to see Mike do a lot more. Uh, this year, we're just really expanding uh, the, the the reach and the scope and the people who are involved. 
Um, and it's all done by you guys. It's all done by your financial support. It's all done by your prayers. You guys so into this field financially, I can promise you it's great field. And I'm, he just blesses, man. God is so good at blessing. So, again, if you go on the site, you guys can donate monthly. Uh, that's huge for us. If you guys want to send a one-time donation to help the podcast or help the ministry, fantastic. Go ahead and do that on theselfevidenttruth.com. We love you guys. God bless you. We'll see you next week. All right. Love you guys.